Good morning, everyone. I'm Lindsay Bridges from Charlotte Center for Mindfulness, and it's really good to be here with you all this morning. So I have a sharing for this morning, and um, where I want to start is actually with the story of Cinderella. Um, I assume everyone knows the basic gist of this, but just in case someone doesn't, the basic story is that Cinderella, after an early sweet childhood, um, finds herself at the mercy of a very cruel stepmother and cruel stepsisters. Even in the midst of this very difficult situation, she does the work they ask her to do without any complaint. And eventually, with the help of a fairy godmother in, in the version that's mostly known um, in our culture, um, she makes her way back out of this situation to happiness. So one thing that um, is really interesting about this story is just that this is one of the most common archetypal stories in the world. And there are some estimates that consider it to be the most common archetypal story in the world. There are versions of this story that reach way back into ancient times, all the way up to modern day Disney world. Um, and it is through cultures throughout the world, all around the world have some version, even if the names and the details um, um, obviously change and shift around, um, there is some version of this young woman in an oppressive situation who finds her way to joy and happiness. And in all of these stories, she is an embodiment of kindness and balance right through the midst of the very challenging version. So this last bit has given her a somewhat bad name in our modern times. Uh, and the Cinderella figure can be reduced definitely to a sort of saccharine, um, sweet do-gooder uh, who needs rescuing by others. But the true archetype is actually very powerful. And that true archetype is obviously an image that resonates deeply within this human um, mind, considering how far widespread this story is across both time and space. So there's something in that image that we know and we resonate with and that we share. So I love, I came back to considering Cinderella um, again from a <clears throat> teaching from Koshin um, Paley Ellison. He's from the New York Zen Contemplative Center. Um, and I really like the way he um, unwraps, untangles some of the story. So I'm gonna share what he says. The interesting thing about the Cinderella story is that while there are many versions of it, there aren't any in which Cinderella complains. She keeps meeting with obstacles and she's sad about it, but she doesn't complain about it. 
Her stepfamily throws lentils in ashes and tells her she has to pick up every single lentil. So she gets down and dirty and just does it. There's something about her attitude that I find really helpful. She enters the situation fully. It's a totally sad situation. So she allows herself to be totally sad about it. But she also just does the next thing she needs to do, never knowing for sure how it's going to work out. That point right there, that distinction between being a being able to allow ourselves the full feeling of our emotion without getting swept away by it, still having the clarity to live the next step well. That's kind of a profound um, orientation. So um, Allison goes on. Most important, Cinderella doesn't go and start a war with her family. You can imagine Cinderella doing that, right? And who would blame her? In feelings of fear, insecurity, hurt, we often lash out. The thing is, we've been doing that really well for thousands of years. No one needs to practice how to turn the hurtful people in our lives into enemies. The challenge is to do something new instead. How can we be like Cinderella? How do we embrace not knowing, especially in moments where it feels completely shitty, where we might be on our knees and picking lentils out of the ashes? There's a real strength and beauty in this that um, ultimately is pointing to there is a way of being with a wise mind and strong heart to what is hard in our life in a way that opens something up instead of making things worse. As Allison points out, we know how to make things worse. We can always fall in that direction so easily. The challenge is how do we actually make things better? What do we use to make things better in this moment? So all of this brings me back to the teaching of goodwill, empathy, and letting go. I had this from Ajahn Susito. He's a British Buddhist monk in the Thai forest tradition. And I've been reading a lot of his um, offerings recently. Um, he's very helpful. One of the teachings that has just stuck with me is this on these three important basic attitudes of meditation. And his point is, if we can learn how to open in meditation to goodwill towards our own self, with empathy towards our own self, with a letting go within our own selves, in our meditation practice, then we have the stronger possibility, the way to know how to bring that forward into our lives. So when my girls were young, uh, we used to read a ton of stories. And many, many, many of them were myth stories from cultures all over the world. In this way, I read a bunch of Cinderella versions 
um, bunch of versions of this story. And all of them have a substantially different feeling than that old Disney animation um, that many of us associate with the name Cinderella. In these stories, they were about strong women for who the, whom the power of goodwill, empathy, and letting go reigned true and brought them into a life that was helpful. So what happens when we learn to trust and lean into these attitudes? What happens when we actually open up an invitation of these towards our own self? So particularly, Susito says that the place we're most likely to miss the boat with the attitudes to get off base is actually skipping over ourselves. That we have to start it right with us first. Until we know what it means to meet our own self without ill will, then we don't really have a possibility of meeting the world without ill will because it's always colored at some level or another by the ill will that's directed in here. So what does internal ill will look like? Oh, it is all of those insidious things we say to ourselves constantly. What's wrong with me? Why can't I do this better? Why can't I do, why can't I be better? Why am I such a failure? Why doesn't anyone like me? Why do I mess things up? I mean, you can just go on and on and on and on with any of those um, um, endless variety of internally directed ill will. And they can be very subtle. It's really interesting since he brought this up, I've been really looking for where do I direct it internally to me? And I have to say, when I first sat with this, it's like, well, I think I don't have a whole lot of internal ill will. And looking for those subtle ways, it comes up, it's there. And it's just so helpful to be able to recognize where there's still this little directed attack going on internally. And it does affect how I am living my day. So when we can recognize this kind of ill will arising in us, it gives us the opportunity to reorient in a much more useful way. And our formal meditation practice is the perfect ground to explore this training with goodwill, meeting our ill will, with empathy, meeting our hurts and our pains, with letting go, meeting our tightnesses and our contractions. Ajahn Susito says it this way, in general, the basic attitude that works best in meditation is to let go of how things should be and address, and address how things are. Addressing what arises through an intention based on goodwill, empathy, and letting go helps to lead the mind from a good position. And, then, and that in and of itself can ease the mind out of hindrances. When we can really find value in goodwill and letting go, 
then there's less room for hindrances to breed. Regard the mind as a treasure to be guarded, valued, and polished. With this attitude, one gets to live with the most reliable source of well-being. The kindness of Cinderella has gotten a really bad rap in our culture. Like if you just think what's your, your internal sense of the stepsisters and the stepmother dumping on her and her never complaining about it or never getting um, lost in a rage or an anger at them. Um, um, what does that evoke for you? Here's what I wonder about that. To what degree does a fight with Cinderella's response in the story, with the goodwill in the story, actually relate to a degree to which we have a fight with the idea of goodwill, empathy, letting go within our own selves to meet our own being? Of course, Cinderella has to rage against the others when we haven't decided it's okay for us not to rage against ourselves. So for this week, I really invite you to explore your own relationship with internally directed goodwill. Not just trying to pour goodwill on, but what's your relationship with the idea of you as someone deserving of internally directing goodwill, that it is okay, not just okay, but it is right to offer it here. And when you find those openings towards internal goodwill, empathy, letting go, how does that affect how you walk and care for the world? How does that affect what you're bringing outward to others? So I want to end with a last quote from Ajahn Susito. Meditation encompasses a range of skillful means to clear out misguided aims and unskillful responses. What all these skillful means have in common is that they train us to attend to the body and mind with clarity, care, and respect. Action based on clarity, care, and respect is the most reliable way to relate to any living thing. And training in that has to begin with ourselves. So let's take a moment to just sit. Maybe in this moment, see what happens when you open body, mind, heart in the direction of goodwill, empathy, and letting go. Thank you. Um, and I see that Emily is asking for a name of uh, the name of the monk 
I'm going to write it in right now. Ajahn Susito. Ajahn just means teacher. So there's his name. And is there a book or article of his you recommend? Absolutely. Um, I will. Um, I will put a link. He all of his his books. He's got five or six more, maybe more, um, and they're all. Um, freely offered on, on his website or the monastery website that he's associated with. So I'll put the link to that. And um, there are two that I've read that um, I've read one and I'm halfway through another one that I highly recommend. So I'll put those in the description box after the Zoom room. So you might have to come back and check later um, for it because uh, I have to search for the, the link. So I'm glad you asked. Um, these offerings are freely offered and we are very grateful that people are practicing and we appreciate practicing with you. If you would like to give a donation to help support these offerings, we appreciate that and um, encourage you to go to our website and use the Donate Here button. Um, we are actively considering what does Charlotte Center for Mindfulness look like in this new world? And how do we continue our mission of making these resources available, particularly as the need for them has only become more and more clear? So we are having um, interesting conversations and contemplations about what, what is that? If you have ideas or thoughts, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and finally, uh, if you want to join in the Zoom room, uh, they've been really sweet groups uh, just to have a chance to drop in and check in personally with your practice and connect a little deeper with the others in our group. Uh, and we'd love to have you. If this is where you are signing off and moving into the rest of your day, or if you're listening to the recording of this later, know that wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever your day is, sending all good wishes to you as we all meet this world with a little more wisdom, a little more kindness, and invite us to explore these capacities of goodwill, empathy, letting go, both for ourselves and for everyone around us. Thank you.